0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to tonight's episode of The Mary Trump Show. I apologize for being late. We've had some technical difficulties, and as you can see, it's just me, for which I apologize. But we're working on it. In the meantime, uh, I thought we'd do something a little bit different and take some questions, if you have any. Uh, Just... Type something in, in the comments. And uh, just to let you know what's sort of been on my mind recently, um, obviously the rare good news out of Kansas and the fact that they voted down that horrific ballot initiative, which would have um, legislated away uh, the right to choose uh, in that state. It was defeated soundly uh, 60 to 40 that's a two to one margin so that is incredibly good news uh and what's even better about that is that um we can we can extrapolate out from those numbers because keep in mind kansas is a solidly red state you know it's it's not even close to being purple um, and by crunching those numbers, we we can tell, or I, I should say, we can um, speculate uh, in, a, in an informed way about how that kind of vote would go down in other states. We learned some really quite fascinating things actually about um, the vote too. It was the highest turnout since the 2018 midterms, 900,000 people came out um, to vote. And this wasn't a midterm, this was a primary. And I think the the cynicism behind uh, the reason this ballot initiative was put on the ballot in the primary is because the anti-life majority in the state was counting on low turnout. They did not expect at all that a significant minority of Republicans would cross party lines to make sure that all Kansans were fully realized American citizens. So um, that really does bode well. I just had a question about why Ivana was buried on a fucking golf course. I have no idea why. Um, And... What I can say though is, and this is this is not something I I have ever said. I I don't think. Um, it 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 surprised me. And when I first heard that news and saw those pictures, I swear I thought they were fake. I did not for a second believe that that was possible. Not because Donald isn't capable of such a thing. Of course he is. But it wasn't his call. I mean he. He's been married twice since then she re- remarried as well the only people who had it in, a, in their power to make that decision were her children and again does it surprise me that that Donnie or Eric would do something so pathetic and so in line probably with what their father wanted to get you know a tax break by turning a golf course into a cemetery no. It does surprise me a little bit that Ivana thought it was okay because the the optics are so horrific that you would think that she would want to be um she would want to distance herself away from such a thing with a 39 and a half foot pole. I mean, it's just egregious. So, uh again, the only the only reasonable explanation is that those were Ivana's wishes. Not that that's reasonable. I mean, that's insane. But at least you know those are her wishes. Um, but I, who who knows? She was only seventy three. I don't know if she had any, any anything in writing. But wow, <laughs> it's just uh, they they just keep uh, telling us who they are, don't they? Uh, I was asked about um, my reactions to the Alex Jones trial. Um, I honestly. I'm, I'm waiting to hear about the punitive damages. Um, so, um, I'm, I, I do have a, uh, I did have a quite extreme reaction, um, to the, um, award that the jury gave to the Sandy Hook families suing Alex Jones for defamation. And just, you know, to remind everybody, Um, Sandy Hook was the worst school shooting in American history. Um, the number of, of six year olds slaughtered is unimaginable. The horrors those families went through are unimaginable. And, um, because he's one of the most worthless, despicable human beings who ever lived, uh, Alex Jones, Thought it would be fun for him, I guess, uh, to go on his show every day and tell his millions and millions of listeners that uh, Sandy Hook was a hoax and that the children were crisis actors and their parents were—I uh, don't even know, like, I'd like what parents would 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 have their children participate in such a thing. Um, so obviously, he was found guilty of defamation and the jury awarded, uh, the family $4.1 million judgment, um, again, which is crushing unless they come through with punitive damages, which I believe we'll find out tomorrow. So, um, here's hoping. I, I mean, I, it, it's, it's sort of, uh, unspeakable that these parents ha- have to go through any of this, But clearly they wanted um, justice. And in this case, justice would have been destroying Alex Jones financially. And that hasn't come anywhere near close to happening. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed. (laughs) The forward party. Uh, For those of you who haven't who are lucky enough now to have heard about this because it will only make your head explode. So I guess that's my job. I'm going to make your head explode now. Um, the fascinating trio of David Jolly, who was a former Congress, congressman, I, I think from Florida, but I'm not really sure he was in Congress, I think for two years, uh, Christine Todd Whitman, former governor of New Jersey. And I think she was in, um, George W. Bush's cabinet and the execrable Andrew Yang, who ran a vanity campaign for president for the democratic nomination. And then who ran a doomed from the start campaign for New York city mayor. Um, no, you know, who has no credibility and, uh, absolutely nothing to offer. They have started, yes, a third party, which is what you do. Historically. When you want to destroy the party in power. <laughs> now, we know from the start that this is absolutely, um, not only is, is it an exercise in folly and and ego, it's also absolutely disingenuous. They They published an op-ed in the Washington Post in which they revealed their hand immediately by equating the Republican Party's um, egregious behavior with the Democratic Party's policies that these three assholes just don't agree with. I mean, it, it was one of the most puerile, um, transparent acts of selfishness i've ever seen and the fact that even one vote would be taken away from democratic candidates is one vote too many so yeah i i think that um they need to be ridiculed into oblivion because it's dangerous it's absolutely dangerous i mean just think ralph nader george w bush al gore Al Gore lost by five hundred thirty-seven, five hundred thirty-seven votes. I mean, that's. Do we really think that would have happened if Ralph Nader had had you know taken his gina- gigantic ego and stayed home? Um, and that's also when Susan Sarandon was leashed out upon the world. So you know nobody gets to live that down. So listen. Uh, there is absolutely nothing good that can come out of this. Um, I just, I honestly don't, I don't know who told them this was a good idea. Well, actually, you know what I do? Uh, and I'll tell you people like, let's stick with David Jolly for a second. I don't know him. I've never met him. I have no interest in meeting him, but he of course has been, uh, a, a pundit on MSNBC I don't know if he's a paid analyst, but he really shouldn't be Um, because he is a hardcore, hard right Republican who learned absolutely nothing from the 2016 election, except that his preferred candidate. I don't know who that was. Ted Cruz probably didn't win. David Jolly isn't just a sore loser. He's somebody who cannot bear the thought of being out of power. So that's mostly what this is about. And you know how you can tell when these some not all of them certainly, like a lot of the so-called never Donald people, I mean that's not what they're called, but I refuse to use the actual phrase. They don't um they don't talk about it in terms of the party as a whole. Like again, there are some people who like really Get it. They understand that this isn't just about Donald. It's about it's about the trajectory of their party, their former party. Like most of them aren't Republicans anymore. The ones you can really take seriously are Democrats for the most part. Um, But then, you know, they're the David Jollies who they may claim not to be Republicans anymore. But you know what? They wanted they wanted Brett Kavanaugh on the bench. They are perfectly happy what Mitch McConnell has been doing in the Senate. They will be ecstatic if that idiot, Kevin McCarthy, becomes Speaker of the House. They just don't want Donald at the head of the party because they find him embarrassing or something. So, anyway, this is how you tell that they are not people we should be taking seriously. These are the assholes who tell us to tell Democrats who we should run for vice president. The Democrats, they say, should run as vice president somebody who appeals to them because they deserve to to be pandered to. They deserve to get at least some of what they want because Democrats in power have no legitimacy in their view. You know, I don't ever hear... Anybody, including Democrats, suggests that um, Republicans run, you know, a Democrat as vice president. I mean, it's just absurd. And I really hope that it it goes nowhere fast, like long before, long before the election. Um, and again, Christine Todd women, I don't know. Is she just like looking for relevance again? All I know is that when asked, she, she claimed in an interview that a lot of high-level Democrats were on board with this project, and when asked who they were, she said that she couldn't remember because she's bad at names. <laughs> but it's on the website, she said, and apparently that isn't true. <laughs> there, there are no uh, high-level Democrats, um, at least, mentioned on the website. So... My position all along has been: Democrats should uh, go all in on their policies. They should compromise with nobody at this point. Seriously, nobody, because look where that's gotten us. It's bad enough. Seriously, it's bad enough at this point that we have to compromise with the likes of Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Just as a quick aside, this is actually one of the funniest things I've heard in a while. Um, Kirsten Cinema wore a uh, dress that was, it was sort of um, gray and yellow, and it was kind of boxy, um, which is fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I, I just, I couldn't care less, but it it matters because <laughs> since then, the phenomenal Molly Junk fest. <laughs> has been calling her see it's hysterical spongebob square cinema (laughs) which i don't know totally cracks me up (laughs) so let's see any other questions um uh, let's see what do we got oh i did want to mention that um dick cheney put out a video And, uh, he's, he's quite, he's aged, uh, quite a lot, uh, since last I saw him. And, um, what remains true is, um, I don't give a shit about absolutely anything the man has to say. So (laughs) there's that, uh, Steve H. Thank you. I cannot answer that question. (laughs) Uh, let's see what else. Um, Yeah, I think it's also it's really important if you if any of you are from Georgia or, you know, anybody from Georgia, you need to remind them that um, they they really don't want to go the way of Alabama. I mean, Alabama had Doug Jones as a senator because even Alabamans understood that uh, putting a, a child predator in office, uh, in the Senate actually was, um, a bad idea. So we had Doug Jones, uh, who was not just a, a, is not just a wonderful human being with a phenomenal record as a prosecutor for the United States, but, uh, he's a really good Senator too. Um, and then, because I guess Alabama, reverted to its mean so to speak uh they decided that they would rather have um tommy is it tuberville or tuberville you know the football coach who um doesn't even know what the three branches of government are i mean i think he's that guy he's just not not the brightest bulb in the box and um you know we also know that he was in touch with donald on january 6 I'd, I'd like to hear more about that and he's 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 become one of the worst senators which is saying a lot in this particular group of republican senators uh so please please remind your georgian friends and family that um they they do not want to be stained with having somebody like herschel walker uh, as their senator, I mean, you just don't get to live that kind of thing down. So, mm. um, yeah, it would. Ju- and and again, Ra- Raphael Warnock is is a, a great guy, and an excellent excellent senator. So, um, yes, Sebastian is my Paris name. He was named after Johann Sebastian Bach. He, he doesn't know that. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard that the, uh, wonderful Nichelle Nichols died this week. Um, she lived a good long life. So, so, uh, we, we are lucky to have had her as long as we did. Um, but you know, I'm mentioning it because, um, she was in so many ways, a, a, incredibly important pivotal figure in in america uh in american culture and um she had a big impact on me i i think when the original series came out i was very i was too young when it was on you know um when it first ran uh so i didn't catch it until um the rerun started on WPIX, Channel 11, in New York City. Um, but when I did start watching the show, not only was Lieutenant Uhura one of my favorite characters and has remained so, um, and she was also the one of the primary characters in one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, which is Mirror Mirror. Uh, she also was my very first role model. So I ha- I've, I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for her, and um, she will be much missed. Going on from there to um, different news, uh, Brittany Greiner, a WNBA player, is has just been sentenced to nine and a half years in a Russian prison for the absolutely horrific crime of having some pot on her possession. I, I mean, it's if it weren't so awful, it would be laughable. Um, so there are a couple of things to point out about that. And she's been there for months now. I don't know quite how long, but let's put it this way: way, way, way too long. So um Three things about that. One, and again, I don't I have no idea. I, I have to assume that a lot of work is being done behind the scenes to make that to make her release happen as quickly as humanly possible. At least, you know, that's that's the hope. I know that there was talk of a prisoner exchange. Um and I that should have happened yesterday, but clearly. There's so much going, this is so complicated, uh, so much complicated by the uh, war of aggression that Russia started illegally against Ukraine. Um, But let's hope that's that's the case, especially, you know, since this sentencing gives the issue so much more urgency. The second thing is, um, and look, I don't, I, it's, it's speculation to say that if it were uh, you know, a high-power NBA player, things would have played out differently. I don't know that. But what I do know is that if, if this were a top-tier NBA player, he wouldn't need to go to any other country to play exhibition ball for extra money because you'd be making millions of dollars. And it just underscores the inequity between men's and women's sport. Like literally, I think the only professional sport that has equity is tennis. Um, So, you know, we need to do better there as well. And finally, what I'd say about that is that it's, it's disgusting that um, carrying around some pot or again, whatever it was, but it was clearly for personal use it, you know, it's not like she was selling it or anything. Um, it's it's absurd and obscene that she's uh, was even charged with anything. But let's remember that you know we're there are still people in prison here who who uh, were indicted on the charge of carrying around frigging marijuana. I mean, it's it's legal almost everywhere for medicinal purposes. It's legal in a lot of places now for recreational purposes. It, it's, we need to do better. So, you know, we can't exactly be throwing that stone at Russia. It kind of makes it a little bit harder to make that argument. So anyway, um, I hope we get her home soon. Uh, we've got some, I'm almost afraid to say this. I hope you're all sitting down. Good news coming out of the Department of Justice. Um, so, one, we have the fact that the DOJ, um, likely uh, led by Anita Gupta, is going after the four officers responsible for the uh, death of Breonna Taylor. So that is really good news. Um, took two years, but that that suggests to me that they have this nailed down. And I hope that her family finally sees some semblance of justice. The other thing uh, we, we know from the DOJ is that There's a grand jury impaneled that they are um, taking depositions uh, in regards to the January 6th insurrection. And there really does seem to be some momentum. Uh, So let's hope that's the case. Um, But it does seem to be like I I was I was uh, really worried for a while and don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. I'm not saying it's a done deal. Um, I'm not saying that, uh, Donald is going to be held accountable. Although one has to hope finally. Um, although, uh, you know, slightly bad news. We heard that, Well, very bad news. We heard that, uh, Rudolph Giuliani slid out of, uh, being charged with wrongdoing in Ukraine. So that's kind of a drag, but something's up with the SDNY, but that's that's a subject for another time. Uh, The other really good news that we have, thanks to uh, (laughs) Alex Jones's either um, devious or totally incompetent attorney, is that we have, or the plaintiff's lawyer in that case, has in his possession at least two years' worth of text messages, some of which having to do directly with Sandy Hook, which, by the way, Jones lied about and said no such text existed, but also having to do with January 6th. Um, Some of these are from quote-unquote intimate conversations he had with Roger Stone, and I'm going to take that to mean conversations about planning the insurrection, hopefully directly with Donald, whatever the case, we know that both the DOJ and the January 6th committee are very, very interested in these emails and they are going to get them. So that is really amazing news. I'm telling you, it is, it is, I think the first time in, I don't know how long (laughs) that, uh, the good news in a week has outweighed the bad. It's it's shocking. I mean, it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to fathom uh, that that's the case. But it's actually, if you take a step back and think about it, it's hard to fathom that for six years there has always been every single day in the last six years there has always been more bad news than good on any given day. So um, it's, I think when I, when I realized that I just kind of, kind of hit me and it made me happy. But then I, I was so mystified by it, <laughs> it so confusing. And it was so hard to grasp that I, I, I realized that uh, in addition to the fact that it made me happy, it also made me kind of tired because, um, it's unceasing, right? It just, it just never, ever, ever, ever ends. Um, all right. Uh, clearly there's still some issues. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully they're working on it behind the scenes. Um, but in the meantime, let's talk about monkeypox. I don't really want to talk about monkeypox. I swear. I haven't, I haven't really been following anything about it because, I don't think I can handle one more thing that's going to freak me out. I mean, we already have mechanical fucking spiders. We have dead pigs being resurrected. And now monkeypox pox is being uh, designated a national emergency, which means that it's really serious. So please, please, please don't get monkeypox. Get vaccinated and don't get it. <laughs> because Seriously. I can't I can't handle it. Like I'm I'm like this close to getting my um my third booster shot <laughs> because uh you know COVID by the way is still a thing and we shouldn't really having be having to deal with another massive uh national health emergency because we haven't dealt with the first one. Um I mean I can't remember the last time the number of deaths, daily deaths from COVID dropped below 400. It's been steadily above 400 for months now. It went over 500 a couple of weeks ago. Um, So seriously, um, keep up with your booster shots. Keep masking. Uh, I wear my mask all the time. And I'm telling you, I was out today with my daughter and I was the only person in a restaurant, in a store, walking down the street. I was the only person wearing a mask and it was 95 degrees. So it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but, uh, it's a little unnerving walking into a store and having nobody else wearing a mask. Uh, hopefully it's better on public transportation, but I don't know. Haven't been subway for a while. Um, Oh, and just as a reminder, not, not that you guys need to be reminded, but you know, if you have any, uh, vaccine hesitant people in your orbit. Um, just let them know that, uh, there's been a case of polio recently in New York. So that's what happens when you don't get vaccinated. That's what happens when you lie to people about the dangers of vaccines, right? We, we, cannot let these anti-science people win we just can't because we're on this really dangerous trajectory that you know it started before donald but he was just sort of an accelerant for all of the worst things that were already happening in the republican party you know this anti-science anti-elite bullshit that you know, they think makes them more relatable to working people when, of course, they've all gone to Yale and Princeton and Harvard and Oxford. And, uh, you know, they all get vaccinated. Um, I mean, probably idiots like Marjorie Taylor Greene don't, but every Republican center has been vaccinated and boosted. So um, it's it's just a way to take advantage of people's gullibility and people's insecurities and some cases people's people's skepticism about government, et cetera. I blame Ronald Reagan for that when he said that government wasn't the solution, it was the problem, which was one of the most absurd things that has ever been said in American history. And the fact that it gained any traction is absolutely insane. Just a quick note about Twitter and sarcasm. Don't be sarcastic on Twitter. (laughs) my friend uh gentile tweeted i think it was yesterday a list of all of the incredibly good things uh president biden did this week he killed the leader of Al, or he didn't he didn't do this personally that i don't think that's that would be i don't think that would fly um but while isolating with covid uh president biden's team took out the number one al-Qaeda guy, the guy who was the co, um, was the, with Osama bin Laden, uh, the co-mastermind behind um, September 11th. He brought down gas prices for I think the 50th day in a row. So I think gas prices are down uh to pre-Ukraine war levels so it was just a list of all these really great things Biden did this week so I quote tweeted and I said um basically this is all really bad news for Joe Biden or something to that effect <laughs> I was clearly being sarcastic it was it was a list of all the great things he's done uh, apparently a lot of people didn't think I was being sarcastic, and and apparent and, and I guess I, I I was blamed for being a shill for the right and stuff like that. So if you ever do feel the need to use sarcasm, like I'm not gonna say just being sarcastic, because then what's the point? You just put a slash with an S next to it, and that's how people are gonna know that it's going to be a sarcastic quote. Um the Republicans are despicable. Okay, that's not new. But kind of, it's sort of like Donald, like there's no bottom there, right? They they do, they keep out-offling themselves. And the latest instance of that was last week when they voted against a bill that would have provided health care to veterans who are suffering serious health complications because they were exposed to toxic chemicals in burn pits while serving our country. I mean, you know, luckily there were some technical issues with the bill, so they fixed those and they brought it back, and I guess the Republicans realized just what a terrible look this was for them, so I some very large number of them um, voted for it, so the bill passed, President Biden will sign it, but something like 20 Republicans still voted against it. I mean, really, one of them was Mitt Romney. I never, ever again want to hear anybody say, that Mitt Romney is a reason, reasonable or moderate Republican. There's no such thing anymore. And I'm. we can't lose sight of this. Just because they do the right thing once in a while, first of all, it's probably because, well, it's probably only because of the fact that it will be bad for them electorally But sometimes, like, that's not even enough. I think they've just learned the lesson. Be as awful as you can be. People will confuse that with strength. People will vote for us because they like the fact that they think we're fighting for them, even though all we're really doing is trying to make their lives miserable, but they have their whiteness. And we're telling them that that's all they need. There's no shaming these people. There's no compromising with these people. They think they've gamed the system enough, so they just need the worst among us on their side so they can overcome the demographic disadvantages by extreme gerrymandering, Voter suppression and, finally, voter subversion. And that's what's going on with voters like fucking Carrie Lake and that, you know, big lie-pushing Secretary of State. I'm sorry, I don't remember what state he was in. But they just, they think they can get away with it. And so far, they have. So... We're going to end there. Unfortunately, uh, Rosie was not able to be with us tonight. I'm so sorry you guys were stuck with me. Um, but I hope I answered some questions. Hope we got uh, you a little caught up. Um, and yes, Ivana was my aunt by marriage. She was Donald's first wife. Uh, they got married when I was 12. I was at the wedding. It was really fun. Anyway. Um, thanks for your questions. It was uh, really cool to talk to you like this. Um, hopefully for your sakes, it won't happen again, <laughs> I guess. Don't forget to come uh, Tuesday for the strategy sessions. It's going to be awesome. I hope you saw last week or this week's. I, I mean, it was just like the panel from, I I can't even tell you the brilliance uh, on this panel it was mind-blowing. I, I learned so much. Uh, It was Melissa Murray, Dorothy Roberts, Dahlia Lithwick, Jen Tau, Amani Gandhi, Kim Atkins-Store, Danielle Moody. I mean, it was just this phenomenal collection of intellect and compassion and knowledge. Next week, it's just going to be me and the guys talking about the same thing. The Dobbs decision, the fallout from the Dobbs decision, but exclusively for them, how men can be better allies to women uh, in our current climate, but also how these issues affect men, uh, because they do, and I don't think we talk about that enough. So that's it for tonight. Uh, have an amazing weekend. I will see you all Tuesday, twelve p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific. That's YouTube.com/slash/politicon. And uh, while you're there, please subscribe to the Politicon channel. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, It's just a way to support the show. Like the episode and click on that bell. Because if you do, you will be uh, notified anytime a new video drops. Sometimes, uh, you know, as I've mentioned, I'm putting out shorter videos just to kind of keep everybody caught up. Although I guess tonight kind of served that purpose. Um, And uh, obviously you can listen to this in podcast form on Apple or anywhere you listen. And please do give us a five-star review because it definitely helps people uh, find us and leave a comment if you are so inclined. Again, thank you so, so much. Um, This was great. And uh, we will see you Tuesday. In the meantime, stay safe and be kind.